0: <laughs>
1: Traditions. Traditions. I've been thinking to myself uh, lately. uh, I'm kind of pondering. I'm kind of thinking right now. uh, And I'm kind of wondering. What's the trend? Why do many people or the majority of people believe traditions whether they are right or wrong over truth let me say this again why do the majority of people believe traditions over truth that's something that's been on my mind really seriously been on my mind lately uh, since I've been uh, doing this somewhat series on Christianity and uh, what is a real Christian and different things like that. Uh, and uh, I noticed through this teaching, tradition has often been the dominant factor in somebody's belief or why they don't believe, in something, or another side. Even if it's the truth of something, even if even if they find out or they hear something different, or how something really was, or how something really started. And they find out later maybe their traditional belief they have been misled because everybody all uh, everybody has not been purposely lied to. I just start off just saying they have been misled, and some people, you know, we have been lied to, but we still hold on to that tradition or that traditional belief. What's up with that? I want to try to tackle that and my own outlook on this thing and what I have to say about it. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Body of Christ Real Talk. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Welcome to the show. Wow. That's something to think about. That's something I have been thinking about. You know, I've been, it's it's very prevalent these days. Not only here in the United States, but around the world and personal lives as well and relationships. Traditions is like a stronghold in some of our lives. To the detriment even is more. Important than. A new idea. Or the truth. Okay now where I'm going with this. This, I look. At uh It's this. I'm doing a three or four phase plan that I'm on, and for the ones that don't know what I'm talking about, it's a a, a goal, uh, not a resolution, but it's a lifestyle goal that I'm doing. And the goals is to better myself, scriptural, to become stronger spiritually, to better myself spiritually in the Word of God, uh, to get back in health and everything, to better myself physically health-wise and stuff like that, and uh, not only weight loss, but uh, health-wise and different things like that, and better myself financially and uh, mentally. Those are the four phases. I know I keep bouncing uh, back and forth, but those are the four main phases of a lifestyle uh, endeavor that I'm doing in my life, in my personal life. And it's in that order, right in that format, to get stronger in the Lord spiritually, to get in better health physically, to be content and and, uh, be job-free and to be able to be uh, financially independent, financially, and to have a strong, stable mind mentally. And that and that format, that's the from importance from one to four in my format. That's the way I look at it for me, you know, because I think spiritually. By, it's not for everybody because everybody don't look at spirituality uh, as a number one importance in their life. But my faith is the number one important thing in my life. My relationship with God, my studying of the Word of God, how I study the Word of God, how I grow in the Word of God, my love in the Word of God my stand in the Word of God, my whole new inner man spiritually, that's 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 my life, you know, that's my anchor, that's my life link, that's why I put that number one, and then physically, while I'm here on this earth, I'm dealing, dealing with these spiritually and physically, but being in... Shape, not I'm not talking about with muscles and lean meat, lean muscle, and all this. I'm just saying, uh, uh, health wise, even more important than weight loss, my health is more important than anything right now while I'm on this earth, besides my spiritual walk, you know, losing some weight and other ailments that be that can be taken care of when you lose weight you know eating better finding a decent diet or format the way to eat and then financially finding different ways how to make extra income so i can be job free independent so i can go into full-time ministry see all that falls in a spiritual thing first The full-time ministry and everything spiritually physically to get myself in shape and everything you know uh you know, my health better, and then, you know, financially and et cetera, and stuff like that, all that taken care of, you know, mentally will come with it. Now, the spiritual side, I want to talk about the spiritual side. Uh, when it comes to understanding God's word, when it comes to Bible study, when it comes to relation, having a relationship with uh Uh, Jesus, when it comes to having a relationship and stuff like that, and understanding uh, the Word of God. I have been a believer in the body of Christ for over 30 years now, for over 30 years, maybe over 33 to 35 years. I forget sometimes. I never really keep up in it, but I know it's 30-something. I have been saved you know, for that long. And at that time, I believe I, I have been somewhat, you know, a Bible study, a faithful and hungry for an understanding of God's word in a close relationship. I never really got dragged that I always had a passion and a love for Jesus Christ. And to do the best of uh, best that I can to grow And the things of God that always have been my passion since I have been saved, you know, and uh, my studying time, my prayer time and stuff like that off and on. But those was the things that kept me going and kept my relationship going through my trials and through my failures, you know, and there have been many failures, but there have been many victories in my life, too. So I don't want to dwell on my failures. I would not do that. But I'm just letting you know, I've been failures. But through it all, through it all, doing that sound, but anyway, but through it all, I'm still going in that spiritual sense, and a closer relationship with God, a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, so I can be able to be strong and know how to keep my armor on the on the full armor of God, and walk in that line. That God is required for and require, required required requiring me to do. But the last four years, the last four years, well let me let me digress. Through this spiritual walk, through my Christianity, the majority I would say, because I always stepped out, but the majority of the time. I walked in somewhat of a traditional Christianity belief. What I mean by that, uh, the way that most Christians walk, what they believe, what scriptures they use, uh, and things like that, you know, how you think, even to the point of dressing, you know. The majority of my Christian life is basically been based on a traditional belief. Uh, more than what the Bible is saying. Yeah, but it's mostly on a traditional belief, see, of Christendom, of Christianity. Majority of my life, my walk. And I believe that most believers have the same with most believers. And some of them are still, still in that traditional belief of Christianity. Now, what do I mean by that? I I, <clears throat> I was raised predominantly in a Pentecostal church, Church of God Christ, so the the majority of my belief before I got saved was based around the beliefs and the traditions of the Church of God in Christ the Pentecostal church you you understand what i'm saying so the 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 majority of my traditional and what I believe was based off the uh my surroundings and the the, uh, the literature and the, uh, the information I learned about the Bible was from the Pentecostal Church of God in Christ. I want everybody to listen carefully, and I do this so I could uh, you can I can come to the conclusion where I'm going with this, and maybe it could help somebody. I know it helps me, you know. So that's what I mean by traditional upbringing when it comes to Christianity. Now, pre, pre, uh, pre-Christianity, pre well, before I was saved, when I was little, I was brought up in the Church of God in Christ. So that's what I, only type of Christianity I knew about or religiousness I knew about. So my teachings and my upbringing, I was, I was, uh, brought up in that type of teaching. Whatever teaching you was brought up in, just follow along with me because a lot of you guys and young ladies, you know, but I'm just talking about me. I want you to just follow your own trail, a traditional trail when it comes to uh, Christianity or spirituality. And then when when I did get saved, I stayed in that atmosphere because that's all I knew. That's all I knew because I basically thought that was the way that God wanted us to do and everything. You know, that's the way God wanted us to think. That was, that's what the word of God was saying. Whatever, what whatever my pastors or evangelists or the sisters in church, we call them, or the mothers in church, with the Sunday schools, the YPWWs and different things like that, uh, like vacation Bible schools and all that uh, traditional uh, upbringing in the church. Pentecostal church, you know, not the uh, the vacation Bible school really, that wasn't a Pentecostal, that wasn't a church of God in Christ. I don't remember that, uh, the church of God in Christ, but I believe that's probably from a Baptist or whatever like that. I'm not sure, but I'm just using that all together between Pentecostal, between the Baptist that atmosphere stuff like that, that's the traditional upbringing I was brought up in, in church, even the teachings. So I heard a lot about, you know, uh, holiness. I heard a lot about signs and wonders, the tongues and stuff like that, you know. Uh, that's what I grew up. That's what I knew. So I thought that was the church. I didn't understand it, but that's what I was brought up in. So, you know, I was caught up in that traditional thing, like many uh, people are today. Young men and young women are today, and some still are. You know, I was that's because that's all I knew. Now it might be different for you. It might be Baptist for you. It might be Catholic for uh, for another. It might be, you know, it might be uh, uh, independent, charismatic. It might be a Lutheran, whatever denominational, traditional belief you was brought up in, and the church the majority of it wasn't out of the Bible. It was what you you was taught, what the Bible meant and uh, or what the Bible was saying. Now, you know, I say this a lot. I teach on this a lot, but I just want to go somewhere with this, you know, to the point I'm trying to make. And then, don't down the line from all the way, fast forward and stuff like that, uh, you know, up to, say, a little over four years now, uh, My traditional belief, well, before that, my traditional belief was breaking. I I was kind of wanting to get out of that box because something just wasn't clicking, you know. Oh, sorry, I had to pause. And I started searching, there has to be more there has to be more than this tradition because a lot of things that I have been taught that was that is from God or what God is saying to me, I don't really see the fruits of it. I don't really see the manifestation of it. Of it. And I'm, I'm tired of uh, acting and faking and putting on a show, you know, through the traditional upbringing I was brought up in. You know, you, you understand what I'm saying? So I start searching. I start looking and asking questions. I start independently, uh, independently studying the Bible myself. I start looking at different commentaries. I start looking at different things like that. I start going to group sessions. I start learning more. And I start forming group sessions and, uh, or people call them cell groups, but group sessions and house sessions and stuff like that because I like that. I wind up being a teacher to quite a few people teaching them how to uh, understand the Bible. You know, I started doing Bible study and teaching. That was, woof, wow, when I was in Mobile, Alabama. So that was over, what, 20-some years ago. So I've been doing this for a while, Bible study and Bible teaching and something like that. So I was searching along. And uh, and while I was doing it, I was learning, you know, how to get out of that traditional uh, upbringing spiritually, I was brought up in church. So the roots of the holiness uh, Pentecostal church, the roots of the church of right God and Christ beliefs, you know, I was getting out of that box, you know, and I was learning more that the word of God was broader that a denomination or one traditional denomination or denomination a word of God was broader than that it was more to God that he wanted to show me than a denomination but that took me searching that took me searching I kept searching it wasn't me I have no doubt it was the Holy Spirit just leading me why because I was searching if I didn't listen to the Holy Spirit, I'd be doormat like a lot of people are now. They are caught and they're stuck in the traditional church and belief and afraid to move, even though they see things that's not correct, things not going right. Not saying that they are a bad church, but something that's not happening. The Pentecostal church, the charismatic church, is dominated belief wise in signs and wonders and gifts and prosperity. You know that if you brought up in that type of church. And you know, the faith movement, believing and receiving and stuff like that. That's basically especially the when it comes to the charismatics, you know, as I moved from the Pentecostal to uh I, I would say somewhat graduated, you know, to the charismatic movements and stuff like that. And predominantly just all our new signs and wonders and gifts and powerful preaching and running around and trying to learn how to speak powerful words and memorizing scriptures and different things like that you know and that's what I was brought up on. we brought up in spiritually in Christendom this is post- salvation when I was saved but through the 30 years of that it's been somewhat of a roller coaster. You know, been somewhat of a roller coaster, not only were my struggles with sin, you know, but my struggles with my confusion on what's true about the Bible. Now, when I say that, I always knew and I always believed the word of God was true. I always knew that it wasn't God. It was me. Or it was their teaching. I always knew it was not God. That I never wavered from that. I always knew that I'm I'm not getting everything and I'm not understanding everything. And I'm confused and, you know, I'm confused about a lot of things. It has nothing to do with God. It has to be me. It has to be me. And What helped me to see that clearly is that I had to get out of my denominational, traditional belief. And that's when I left the Church of God in Christ, when I was in Mobile, Alabama. That was my big first step, and it took a lot for me to do that. Because I was searching. Now, a lot of you heard this story before, but there's many that haven't, and I, you know I have to go back to this because that's what this 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 show is going to be about. And it's still based on what is a real Christian, but I'm going to add a few more other things to this. You know, that has nothing to do with Christianity, but at leads the same thing. Okay, traditions. Period. Because we deal with worldly things we got to admit everything we deal with is not Christian. You know, we would love it to be, but we, we, what, what what we say, we are in the world, but we're not of the world, the word of God says. So therefore I look at traditions and all fields, whether it's a workplace, uh, news media, sports, entertainment, and, you know, relationships, most of our lives is built predominantly by a, believing on a tradition of something that is true. Correct? Correct? Okay. Well, anyway, mm. I finally did not, you know, like I said, then uh, later on down the line, a few years, a little over four years ago, I heard a teacher, a teacher from a brother named Robert Breaker, and he was talking about rightly dividing basically dispensations and stuff like that that laid on down the line. I heard from Les Feldick, and I was just grasping on what they were saying. But when I heard a field message from uh Les Feldick, because I got to the point, uh, I grew out of the the uh, the Pentecostal Charismatic movement. I grew out of that. I, I I learned years ago that something was not right with that, and it ain't God. And it wasn't God. So I kind of matured out of that, you know, so I was ma- ma- mainly just a lot of independent on my own. I didn't I did I didn't even join no church or nothing like that because I wasn't getting fed like I wanted to get fed because so many churches, especially in the atmosphere of a charismatic church and Pentecostals, was so much alike. And I got tired of this. God had to be more than that. You know, I got tired it. has got to be more than that with God than these Pentecostal, charismatic, and Baptist type of traditions. You know, I never went to no other denomination. I, I never went there. I stepped in other churches because that's what I was. I don't care if it was a black church or a white church. I stepped in it because I was hungry. I always I, I hungered for that mixture of different ethnicities. Because I believe that's what the church is supposed to be, you know, not predominantly black and not predominantly white all the time. So I didn't have a problem stepping into a church. The only difference is when I stepped in, when I stepped into a church, I stepped into a black church, I felt more comfortable because that's my ethnicity. That's just a natural way you feel about. But when you still in, step into another ethnicity Church, especially Caucasian church You don't know how they're going to take you You don't know if they're racist or whatever Like that because the tradition Of racism, see how tradition You know Hovers over you, so I didn't know how They were going to, I I know I didn't have no issue With it, but I still didn't know How they felt And the majority of the uh, uh, Predominantly All Caucasian churches I walked In, Baptist churches, they was Very loving, wonderful people See, I can't read their minds what they really thought, but they was wonderful people. Both, uh, both of the churches, but I found the love in both of them when I walked into the church, but I was just a little bit more uncomfortable because of when well, you're not around your your own ethnicity, you know.
0: Holiday. We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride.
1: Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com bundle. USAA. Restrictions apply. And that's kind of somewhat uh, normal in a sense because of the racism and the traditional beliefs we was brought up in. You know, if I was never brought up in it, it wouldn't have phased me. But the world uh, the world, especially in America, uh perspective on racist, what they call it, I call it ethnicities now. But races and stuff like that, white and black, and it, it brings it kind of brings a scar and uncomfortableness because of traditional teachings about races, white, black. Black hating white, white hating black, and stuff like that. You know, Jim Crow's days, the Martin Luther King days, and Malcolm, you know, stuff like that. You, you, you follow what I'm saying? That kind of traditional belief. If I was br- let me give you an example. Or the ones that don't understand I'm talking about, because I know I, I, sometimes I'm not clear. If I was brought up and, uh, a community of white and blacks. This is a, this is just a story. It's a fictional story. And I didn't hear nothing about racism, not from the news, just say so we didn't have no TVs or nothing like that. I grew up in the 60s, 1964, uh, the uh, later years of the baby boomers. And we didn't have no TVs or nothing like that. And I, not, I not, never heard anything about racism or nothing or the uh the friction between blacks and whites or white on blacks and stuff like that. You know, if I never even heard that, I didn't hear it in schools. Now, this is just a pipe dream. But I'm just saying, if I never heard it in the school, if I, if I never seen it on television or heard it on television or radio or whatever, or people around me, see— I would not be uncomfortable around white people. See, because I will look at both white and black. I now, nah, no doubt, I know they're different colors. No doubt about that. One is darker than the other, said, or whatever the melanin of the skin is. But my point is, you know, it ain't like I I would never know that we are different colors or different ethnicities. But the the traditional. Racism rhetoric that was never in this fantasy world. I wouldn't have a reason to be uncomfortable around Caucasians growing up. You understand what I am saying? Without all the marketing of it, without all the all the protesting and stuff like that, that's just how it is. If you never was brought up in that type of atmosphere. It would not bother you. It's just when you grew up in a certain type of atmosphere, not saying that you are racist or anything like that, but if that's all you hear, it's going to affect you. It's going to affect you in some way. I don't care if it's a Latino <clears throat> neighborhood or Asian neighborhood or whatever. It's going to affect you because the mainstream media and the surroundings made sure you heard it. We believed it. That's a tradition of racial hatred between white, hate, and blacks. That's a traditional belief also. Okay? That's a traditional belief. Also, as well, it's dominated in, it's, it was dominated in sports. You heard about the stories with the Jackie Robinsons. Now, these are true uh, stories. Don't get me wrong. But the way the media threw it out there, Jesse Owens, oh, I heard about that years later. You had a media threw it out there, they made movies and stuff like that. See, all that feeds our psyche, white and black. It feeds our psyche. And it and it and it's threw out there like it's a it's uh a, a written in stone stone God truth. And we grew up in that traditional type of atmosphere and belief. That's why a lot of us, black and white, was programmed since we was little, spiritually and materially, materially and secularly in the world. We was programmed to believe certain things. Most of everybody, let me just stick to the United States, was programmed on their belief, on our belief. We learned it from somebody. We heard it from somebody. Therefore, we were somewhat programmed what we believed. Some different than others, but it was some type of traditional belief that we believed in. The Pentecostals had their traditional belief about Christianity. The Catholics had their traditional belief about Christianity or Christendom. The Baptists had theirs. The Jehovah Witness had theirs you 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 follow what I'm going. see we all was uh programmed to believe traditionally a certain way, and it stuck with a lot of people until they was older. It just stuck with them okay uh and I think about that and I think about that, you know, and I, I, I look into things and I look at the way people listen, the way people talk. And you ever talk to somebody or even yourself and you having a conversation and a person or yourself say, well, I was brought up this way or I was brought up to believe this way. Or you come with a story and everything like that. Oh, I don't eat this because I was brought up not to eat pork. I was brought up not to eat whatever. Or to look at this. I was brought up not to watch this. You know, you know, something was programmed in you when you was brought up in. And it was almost sacrilege to step out of that box because it was a traditional belief you was brought up in. And sometimes they stick with you. You know, and some families are hard. They have kicked other members out because they just stepped out of the box when it came to spiritual things I'm talking about. But I'm just talking about sometimes it's not spiritual, it's just a certain belief. It could be a neighborhood belief, it could be Uh, a a good upbringing belief or traditions and then it can be a ghetto or a culture belief my point is a lot of things that we learn is a tradition that we was programmed to believe certain things by the media by churches by teachers etc and stuff like that we was believed that we have certain cultures we have certain beliefs It depends where you live at. It even affects the way you talk. See? A person that was brought up in the hood, no matter what school he went to, his lingo and his language is, you know, usually get dominated by the culture way or the Ebonics language that's in that neighborhood, even though they go to school. But they just that that language is dominated. You might go to school. You have your few, your remnant that goes through their English and school and everything, and they don't get a affected. So I'm not saying everybody, but I'm saying a big majority of the ghetto or the hood. You know, the hood, because all hoods are not poor. They're just a hood. The ghetto was a little more poor, but the hood, you have a certain Ebonics or a certain language or a certain culture that you learn from your culture. Your mom and dad didn't teach you to teach you to talk like that unless they talk like that. Then you listen to them. In other words, it was traditional culture. You understand what I'm saying? You didn't just come out of your mother's womb talking a certain way. See, you didn't. You learned it from your surroundings. The same as spirituality when it comes to a faith, whatever faith it is, besides Christianity, whatever faith it is, you was brought up around that faith, traditional faith. But let me just stick to Christianity and let's just stick, stick to different things of life. You know, uh, we was programmed. See, we was programmed. Uh, You have many teachers out here. Or so-called teachers, you have many ideas. you hear many ideas, you hear many different things why so people comes with different types they know more uh, more than one's topic very well because what they're surroundings and what they're learning and stuff like that. But I'm just talking about nat- somewhat natural traditions that what we heard growing up in so let's let's step aside from uh, Christianity let's go to health let's go to health about what we should eat who started it off who came up with the idea that breakfast was the most important meal of the day did it just whoop, come out of the blue And we just knew that? No, somebody started that. Somebody started that. I even researched that and I found out how that started. See all this stuff I'm talking about, I researched it. I researched it. And, you know, who came up with the idea that, uh, with the name Breakfast? Is that only American culture Or is that a worldly culture? Because I grew up, I can't speak for you, I grew up just assuming every culture looked at breakfast the same way. And the majority of cultures do. But I never thought about, do they have the same traditional uh, reason or belief of what breakfast is the same as the United States? Because sometimes by our culture and our tradition, here in America, we assume that the whole world think like us, and that's so far from the truth. Some things would be shocking what the other world don't do like we do, even when it comes to hand, hand gestures and stuff like that. That's offensive to some people in the world that we use in the United States. See? Traditions. And it's a lot of arrogance and narcissistic. People here in America, you know, because we think we are there. So we assume all other countries follow our traditions. You know, now some do. And the reason they do, because when some Americans went over there or military or missionaries, they kind of colonized them and westernized some countries OK, in a traditional way. So they came and they believe start becoming a, a, a Western traditional type of thinking and type of way. They start building up McDonald's and restaurants and everything like that. They didn't know nothing about that. They got it from America. So most countries think America is the best country out there.
0: holiday we made usaa insurance for veterans like james when he found out how much usaa was helping members save he said it's time to switch we'll help you find the right coverage at the right
1: price usaa what you're made of we're made for restrictions apply even that's a traditional belief see the land of milk and honey when you think about the land of milk and honey and prosperity they don't look at israel they look in america that's just a fact most countries look at America as the land of opportunity even if they never been there they heard about it they was taught that what is that? Our traditional teachings. <clears throat> you see where I'm going now excuse my sinuses bother me you see where I'm going now now let's talk about health specifically diets It's a lot I can talk about uh, on this subject. You know that uh, I like uh, for a lot of people that listen to me to really open up their minds and start thinking. Now, you know what's going on, and uh, traditions is powerful. Traditions is powerful, even when it comes to the. uh, the American tradition of breakfast. I never heard of Sylvester Graham. I heard Sylvester Graham was a missionary, you know, a Christian, a missionary uh, that came up with the idea of breakfast, the most important thing in the morning. According to my little research that I've done, I never heard of the Sylvester Graham, but those are the things I start searching and looking for, little, little things like that that people don't even think about today. A lot of people don't think about what did that come from? Who said we need to eat in the morning? Who said this? Who came up with this? This is, is it did God say this? Cause I'm always going to put it. I'm going, I'm going to look at everything in a biblical perspective. That's just me. I'm going to look at things in a biblical perspective. Is this ordained by God? Or what did this come from? The name breakfast. Cause the majority of traditions, even some Christian, Christian traditions is not from the Bible they're man made and that's important for us to know especially as believers to know these things see stretch our minds sometimes so we won't get hoodwinked and bamboozled so much you know is this a move from God or this is just a traditional belief see and uh, I start researching that stuff because it's a beginning to everything man Unless you believe in evolution. <laughs> That's what makes evolution so stupid, man. Millions and millions of years, but no data. They just throw numbers out there. But if you're looking at it in a creation sense, about six to 7,000, 7,000 year window, you know, and you start looking at in that way. You know, something started. Said when well, evolution, nothing started. You know, only God is the one that always been. But uh, evolution, they when they start talking about uh, uh, thousands and millions and millions of years, there's no beginning because how could it be a beginning if something was around since 10, 20, 30, 50 million years? And then you ask them, well, how did that come from? What did that come from? They never have an answer. It was just involved. Okay, how did it just involve? What did involvement come from? You see, they're never, it's like that old saying, what came first, the egg, you know, or the chicken. You know, that's easy for me as a creationist believer. That, of course, the chicken came first. God created the animals, He didn't create the eggs, He created the animals, okay? So that's easy for creationists, not for evolutionists. You see what I'm saying? So they never have a beginning. When it comes to evolution, but if you're looking at it in, in a creationist sense that a creator created things, you know, then you can come, you can say, you can say, I can say myself that something always started with something, a belief or a tradition started from somewhere or somebody. It started from a man, old woman. It started from a man or a woman, even when it comes to health food. And now this is my opinion of perspective. Even when it comes to health food or why we should eat breakfast, it started from a man. His reason was because he just felt so. Now, a lot of us are not scientific proof. Not of, A lot of us haven't been proved by scientific data. But he felt, you know, he, maybe a few placebo tests. He, I don't know, you know, but his idea with grains and vegetables and stuff like that was better for the human body, more nutritional. Nutrition was started from guys like Sylvester Graham and I'm sure other group of people before they came to this conclusion. And he was a, a missionary Christian that started this. I did not know that until I researched it. I even use AI to do that, see, because it's faster. And I researched that because I wanted to know. I'm not doing a study on it or nothing. I just wanted to know. And the reason I've done that is uh, coming to when I want to talk about traditions, diets, how to lose weight and... Uh, Reverse certain ailments and illnesses and just be healthy again. You know, stuff like that. That's what made me research these things. So I start hitting a lot of things, you know, uh, and asking certain questions and stuff like that. That some people just scared to ask. And most everything was started somewhere. Even you know, like trains and cars and everything like that. You know that was a uh, Henry Ford, the the main one started Ford, or making a car, or was it somebody else that was along with him? Because people did history shows that some people did steal somebody else's ideas. They just patented and used it. That happened in history. But either way it go, it was traditionally started by somebody. See. It's just like if you made the person that made the first car, com boldly said, "This is the best machine out here." Why? Because it's the only machine at that time <laughs> until competition start coming. You you see what I'm saying? Until competition start coming, that's also a traditional history. When something is created, even the worldwide web, the internet, then it starts Stretch, I remember on TV. Anybody ever heard of on TV? on TV was those little boxes you used to put on your rabbit ear TV back in the uh, 70s and stuff like that I ain't gonna go before that I'm just talking about my time 70s and early 80s Just say late 70s and stuff like that going into the 80s whenever times that came out uh, it was something called on TV and I remember my dad built a, 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 he built because he's a television technician uh, built this this box for the televisions and everything. And on TV. I'm not saying he created it on TV. But I'm saying on on TV was the big hot thing. It was this old square ugly looking box. That you put on your television. And, and, and plug up a few things like that. And watch. That was. That was the. uh The videos back then. That was like. The internet back then for us, you know, like the Netflix, like the Prime and all that back then, called On TV. See, later on the line, it got more advanced. That was the best thing out there then because it was the only thing, you know, it was new. And then you had Spectrum. I believe, I'm just talking about Chicago. You have something called Spectrum. Remember Spectrum? A lot of you probably don't. These, these, from the 70s on down, spectrum up, spectrum and stuff like that, well anyway we was told about different things and how good they was or whatever like that but <clears throat> when it comes to tradition, tradition traditional belief spiritually and worldly it's so powerful traditional belief is so powerful So spiritually, when I learn how to rightly divide God's word, I'm trying to fast forward here so I won't be so long because I am long winter when I'm trying to get something important out there. Just bear with me, please. Listeners, Uh, traditionally, you know, when I learn how to rightly divide, I couldn't even imagine back then in my traditional upbringing of Pentecostal upbringing and then charismatic and et cetera like that. You know, the word of faith movement and stuff like that. I would never think that I will finally understand the Bible like I understand it now. And I never understood the Bible no more clearly than what I understand it now. You know, and that's, that's just a, a, a true testimony, that's a true testimony with me. I never thought I did. I, I looked at it as well. God is mysterious; He works in mysterious ways. That was the famous thing to say. And whatever God is doing, we're not going to be able to understand. I remember I used to say that. I used to use the term "We're never going to never really fully understand God's word" because I heard that tradition. I heard that it ain't something I made up. I heard it traditionally. People say that, so it's like a boomerang. like a sponge. You start hearing it and you start saying it, sometimes uh, unconsciously, not because they told you, you just hear it and you say it and you believe it. So I start saying those type of things because it sounded good. You know, it sounded good. I was also used to say, yeah, and I heard somebody else say, that, you know, when you read the Bible, you can read a verse. It means one thing, and then you read it again supernaturally. The Holy Spirit can make certain verses that change or whatever, you know, it means it changes the Bible. I used to say that because I heard it, you know, from someone else. You Tradition. Tradition brings conditioning. You can be conditioned because of tradition without even knowing it. Because of your surroundings or your upbringing of belief. I hope you all know what I'm saying. I'm trying to make you think. You might be scared to feel because a lot of our beliefs is tradition. We have been conditioned to believe certain things, even our lingo, we learn from something else. Now, I'm not saying that's wrong. <laughs> Because you need to go to school and learn education, mathematics, reading, and stuff like that. I'm not talking about that. That's good. But I'm talking about your culture, your spiritual upbringing, the people you're around. A lot of the, the lingo and the language and the phrases that we use, we copycat somebody else. We get it from somebody else. Even while belief is a tradition. So we have been conditioned. Whether you want, I don't care how smart or how dumb you are, we have been Conditioned see? Unconsciously. Unconsciously. You, you, are, are things clicking now? I'm finna get deep in things. This is really deep, get, Getting what I'm finna get into.
0: We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said... It's time
1: to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. And I'm not saying I'm the only one. I'm not no psychologist or nothing like that. It don't take a psychologist to to understand common sense. I only have a ninth grade understanding, but I have the most powerful... Being in me, the Holy Spirit, that I allow to Him to use me, and just dig into things that I still don't understand, but it becomes common sense. And what I'm saying now, I just pick a lot of heads, and I see it all around, and I use, and I say, "Wow, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute, whoa, 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 wait a minute." See what I'm saying now? I didn't hear from no special. I didn't hear from no uh, no special teaching. I'm just putting things together. I'm just putting things together and I'm just saying, wow, that's how my mind works now. You know, it could be part of my autism. It could be part of my MDD, whatever, but it is some good. I'm working it. I'm working it. I'm working it, you know, and I think like that now, not 24 hours a day. Don't get me wrong. And a lot of traditions have conditioned us the majority of the time. When you're talking on the phone, brothers, hello. Hey, how you doing, sweetie? We uh saying things that we have been, we have learned, we have heard, and not everything is bad. You know, you have some people talk sweet, you have some people cuss a lot. They didn't come out cussing, they learned it from somebody, they cuss. Now, the majority of the people, and I'm putting emphasis on the majority of the people that has foul language language. They didn't learn that from school or sitting. What I mean by that, somebody said, okay, we're gonna I'm gonna I got a class on cussing to teach you how to cuss. You know, this is your uh your uh, study for the day on how to curse. Now I'm not saying there's enough people out there that do that, but I don't think there's many. But I'm just saying I'm using tradition, had tradition conditioned us in our belief. You have a there's no schools of cussing or teach you how to cuss. Or what does cursing mean? Because some people can't tell the difference between curse and cuss, you know. (laughs) Curse, C-U-R-S-E and cuss, C-U-S-S. No, you know, you know what I'm saying, though. We learned it from our surroundings, even if it's at home. That's what we learned it from. Friends, school, homes, we learned it because we hear it. You see, ever hear your kids mimic people? They mimic you as almost like a parrot. Mimic, mimic. We mimic each other. We mimic each other with speech, language, clothing, and even walking. Why do you walk with a stride when you're in the hood? Did you come out that way? did your parents teach you to walk that way or was it a cultural thing unconsciously without you even knowing it you ever think about that you walk guys black and white but traditionally black men is known as what we call pimping and then what did that word come from pimping with a stride how do we learn that? culturally we I can't give it out. Our culture, we learned that. See, when pimping comes more from visual looking, not from hearing so much. You don't hear or be taught how to pimp. You see it. And most of the time it's unconsciously. You see a person walk and you mimic them because you like it. Or you do it unconsciously because that's everybody in your hood or your surroundings Walk like that. Talk like that. Man do what's up? It's a cultural thing, traditional thing. See, certain slang. You got the northern slang, you got the southern slang. The northern vocabulary is different from the south vocabulary Alabama and all that Mississippi, different than New York, California. Got a different way they pronounce things because of you know, it's different reasons. But I'm just talking about hood surroundings. You know. Languages come from different reasons, you know. But my point is, we have been traditionally conditioned. And it makes you say, well, who is the real me? Good question. Who is the real me? If I wasn't around none of that, how would I be? How would I talk if I wasn't around the hood a lot? If I wasn't brought up in the hood? If I wasn't watching those things on television? How would I be? You could see it by uh, tradition in some families. Even if they grew up in the uh, same hood. But just say if they didn't grow up in the same hood, their traditional upbringing was going to show. Predominantly, people, another black person looks at a black another black man uh, funny when he use proper vocabulary, almost like why is he talking like that? He shouldn't be talking like that. Why would another black man think that a black woman? Because traditionally we was brought up in a culture that used slang and ebonics, and we was told, you know, that's what a black person was. You see what I am saying? Which is far from the truth, but tr- traditionally and culture, culture, I can't get it out. Culturally, that's what we was brought up in. So it looks funny when a black man or black woman, you know, use their pronunciation and grammar so well. A black person usually say, you talk like a white person. You ever heard that? You talk white. You talk white. Or a white person say a black person and talking that way and they, they are impressed like a black person not supposed to talk like that because culture they would believe black people talk slang and talk ebonics. You see what I'm saying? How tradition can condition you both sides, both ways. We have been conditioned, we have been programmed. We have been programmed on just about everything. Our belief systems, what we should eat, what medicines we should take, how we should date, See, the Pledge of Allegiance. Different things. We was conditioned. Cultures. Beliefs. Traditions. Now, to say all day, you should know where I'm going now. Since you know. And some people might say, oh, wow. Some people probably checking their stuff or whatever like that. Because when you even... Some, some people like myself, center has a lack of vocabulary. I don't have too much. Uh, my grammar of speaking is not very well. I still have some somewhat of somewhat southern and some phonics in me. You know, While some, what I'm just saying. Now you have some other person that can break it right through without hesitation. You know, like the Larry Elders and Thomas, or so even Candace Owens. Very good s- speakers. That are more stretched and learned in their vocabulary than I am. See why? That's another reason you have to ask them. But my point is, we all are different in some way or the other. When we're trying to explain the same thing, we might say it a different way, or if we're more uh, wordy and more knowledgeable, and the, uh, the grammar and the pronunciations we use. See we can get somewhat to the point faster. You understand what I'm saying? I have to think a lot because I'm limited with my grandma. Not, that's not saying that I'm dumb or stupid. I'm just limited, limited of how I pronounce things. A lot of blacks are. We just pronounce things different. Don't mean we're stupid or dumb, but that's part of tradition because all blacks are not like that. You 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 understand what I'm saying. Many people say it's a handicapping black. I don't think so. I just I just had I just think it had something to do with your culture, or your lack of not stretching out yourself and going to learn how to talk better, because that's a learning process. Even how to talk better. I'm not talking about if you have a a, a speech impediment or speech deficiency. I'm not talking about that. Caucasians have that. You know, my point is, you know, we we can better ourselves on how to speak and how to use words better, you know. But that's sometimes below some black people. They won't even go there. They like their Ebonics. They like their hood talk, you know. They like, they comfortable. They don't want to step out of that box. Why? Tradition. Tradition tells them you better stay where you're at. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? You better stay in that church. You better keep believing that tradition. We need to think about those things. We need to think about those things because that'll help you broaden your mind. That'll help you to do more listening and to the point you're trying to understand it more than listen. You you understand somewhat of what I'm saying. See, you might hear me, but you're not listening. That's a that's a big difference: hearing and listening. We will learn how to listen more, not just hear. That's why we be so quick to backfire and go off and everything because we hear. And that way we don't even hear the person what they finish that. There is a finish line, but we usually, you know, we don't let a person get through. So we hear it. We don't listen. And listening today takes patience. <laughs> it takes patience, especially when a person is right and you know they're right. It takes patience. So anyway, I'm saying this. In my roundabout way, because of the, 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 the program that I'm doing for myself, this four phase program, when I'm learning in this four phase program, I'm learning from a lot of others and stuff like that. But what I'm doing, I'm just taking out what will work for me. So I don't try to follow everybody else's program. I take out the good things that work for me. Not saying what all they're saying is not good, but you know, one size does not fit all. That's with anything. One size does not fit all. And I'm gonna get back to this how did that uh how did that apply when it comes to Christianity? I'm gonna get to that, you know. One size does not fit all. When it comes to different uh, uh, beliefs, not in Christianity, not in faith, but, you know, diets, uh, fi- uh, how to make money and different things like that or something like this is something to get into that. Not the money part, but I'm going to get into health. And I'm a person who don't talk about health a lot because I've been out of shape so much. Uh, not that I didn't know about it, but I never really stuck with it. And I gave you a little story about the diet that I was on, you know, and I gave you a little story about that, which I'm not going to go back on then and everything how I wind up today on a diet that's called. Now, there's three type of ketogenic diets out there. Three type of ketogenic diets out there. And this has to do with tradition. I'm, gonna, I'm talking about tradition. Uh, I'm going to hit both of them again. I'm going to end it with that. Tradition. Now, the traditional diet I talked about was what? Vegetables. Don't eat a lot of meat. You know, make sure you got your grains and your fiber and stuff like that. Vegetable. don't eat a lot of meat, etc., cetera, et cetera, like that. You know, make sure you eat in the morning because the breakfast is the most important uh, meal of the day. See, I'm not saying it's a fact, but it's true. We took it as a fact because that's what we was taught even in school, see, and here in America, because some cultures are different and other nations here in America, traditionally, you know, we was taught that, you know. <coughs> Of what we should be eating, why vegetables and fruits are the best eating, not a lot of meat. Stay away from a lot of meat because a lot of meat is dangerous and stuff like that. A lot of this start happening later on through the years, things start changing. And but that was traditional. We have been conditioned to believe that's the way we should eat breakfast, lunch and dinner in that order breakfast in the morning, lunch in the afternoon about 12 and then dinner, what, four or five something like that. Or desserts came a little later, but I'm just talking about traditional breakfast, lunch and dinner. When it came to the diets the majority of the diets was always you get the the vegetable thing and the exercise. Now I'm not saying these things are bad, they're good. The vegetable thing you get the exercise, but the the majority of of the, uh, the food program got neglected or put down most of the time was always, often, the meats. Meat. Meat. Don't eat a lot of meat. Because we was traditionally, again, conditioned to believe that eating too much meat was bad for us. And then later on, down, like you heard it can cause cancer and everything. Don't eat this. Don't eat that. Don't eat pork. Whatever like that. So traditionally, we was conditioned to Follow that line. Went into the schools and everything like that. Now, if you hear the real backstory before before that, you'll probably cringe because the majority of things we were told was lies. But I'm not going to get into that yet. But traditionally, we was told that, Okay, that's the way we should eat when it comes to diets. Like I was saying, diet is not so much uh, a format of losing weight all the time. It's just what you are eating the diet, what I was told the diet just mean what regimen or what foods you are eating in your uh in your diet. You understand what I'm saying? So I wanna I wanna make that clear. But to keep you healthy basically was a certain things you just had to eat and everything and take your vitamins and stuff like that remember flesh down vitamins and all that stuff I remember younger taking that stuff had a it was good they had a, a strange taste but it was good you know I liked them but anyway though that was a traditional way that we was conditioned to believe that we should eat and stuff like that when it came to our health exercise stuff like that that was what we was taught. But it was always the one that was that we we was told to stay away from the most was meat. I don't know about poultry and all that fish stuff, but it was just meat because meat, too much meat will hurt you and it will harm you. Traditionally we was told that. Okay. All right. Boy, it's a lot to that. It it, it is. It's a lot that I'm learning. It's a lot to that, you know, and but anyway. There's a fad of diets out there many many diets all the way down to a liquid diet the big thing that's starting now is of course the keto and intermediate fasting that's the trend that's going on now when it comes to diets Uh, both of them work keto and intermediate diets but what you're going to find out no matter what diet or tradition or belief that you're in, you're going to have an opposition. Let me say this again. No matter what diet or what tradition when it comes to Christianity or whatever like that, you're going to have an opposition. Now, what do I mean by that? You're going to have someone that disagree. You're going to have someone with their own data as well comparing it to your data they're going to have their data you're going to have your data so my point is you're going to have oppositions of why you shouldn't do this or why you should do this to the uh point that some some of these battles get hot man they start name calling and stuff like that and you know gets ridiculous and uh you're going to have your disagreements, and you're going to have that. And I, I I look to that, and I notice that's been happening in history. That's nothing new. long we are in these sinful bodies and these on this earth, there's going to be disagreement. Nobody believes, everybody never believes in one thing 100%. There's always going to be somebody, even if it's a small group, that's not going to believe what you believe for one reason or the other. So first of all, you got to get over that because I'm going to give you an example. You can be want to try out a certain thing or a diet, since I'm talking about diets, and you can start reading reviews and you must read reviews objectively because if you read it subjectively, you're going to get upset when you see somebody that don't disagree on what that diet done for them. And that can be so devastating to you, it can cause that one negative thing about that diet you want from somebody else can cause you to start doubting and don't even do the diet. Because we dwell on the negative more than the positive. That's just true. Negative reviews get more, takes a lot of our time thinking about more than the positive reviews. That just happens. You, heard, you you read 50 good reviews he heard that one your mind is focused on that one negative that makes you doubt that belief you, you, you understand what I'm saying that's humans that's the way we operate sadly to say you know so to say with diets or exercise or, you know, Christian or churches or, you know, some religion, whatever, you know, it's people you're gonna always have the other side, even scientists. They disagree. They disagree. It's just it's just the way we roll, human wise. See, only God knows all things of everything. Only God knows all things of everything. We don't. That's why we disagree so much, because we don't know everything 100%. We don't know. When it comes to the Bible, we don't know. We just believe it by faith. We take the faith of Christ and just believe it. We don't have no proof. We just believe it by faith when it comes to the Bible. But we can't prove it. We just believe it. See? All right. There's... Uh, diets, a plethora of diets out there, but I'm gonna just think, talk about uh, two groups uh the meat dieters and the vegetable dieters. I'm not, I'm gonna lead all the other ones out vitamins and you know just liquids and fasting. Let's just talk about the meat dieters and the vegetable dieters. Now, when you put those groups up there, And you, you, you put it on a board and you ask the person, which side is more healthier for you, eating vegetables and these grains or eating all these meats, animal meats? The majority of the people are going to pick the vegetables, not because they have experience with it, not because they have scientific proof that the vegetables are better. It's because of what? What did I say earlier? We have been traditionally conditioned to believe it. You, you see, we've been traditionally condi- con- traditionally conditionally programmed to believe that the vegetables and those grains are better than meats and poultry and stuff like that. So I believe the majority of people will pick the vegetables. I, I, I have no doubt. Because we was, doesn't make it true, but we was traditionally conditionally programmed to believe that. And some people are not going to change from that. See? When you put those two groups up there. So you have this fad. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you the pros and cons of this. You have this fad. How much time? Okay, give me about twenty more minutes. Twenty more minutes. Twenty to twenty-five more minutes. Okay, you have this fad. I'm gonna be looking at the time too. Okay, you have this fad out there now of this keto, ketogenic type of way of losing weight. Very popular now. It Came out quite a few years ago, but to me, it always been out since I've been hearing about the Atkins. That's why I call the Atkins diet, the grandfather of all high-protein, high, high low-carb diets, the Atkins diet. For the ones that uh, know about the Atkins diet, I, I started on that before and it worked very well. But anyway, you have this ketogen, ketogenic uh, fad, fad out there. You got the vegan fad too, but the keto just dominate the ketogenic fad out there. That's why I put the two groups up there, the, uh, the meats and the vegetables. You know, or the some people call them plant food now. And, uh, you know, and that's the hot topic now. And the main ones that I know that's really hot now, some just really started up a few years ago, but they all fall in the same category, is the high-protein, as in high-meat diets. The high-protein, high-meat diets that a lot of people are getting into now that a few people kicked it off. But Back to what I was saying. How did it start? Somebody started it. Somebody told their testimony what this diet was doing for them. Now, the uh, high protein and uh, low carbs have been out for a while now since the Atkins and sugar busters and all that Atkins. But somebody kicked this off about a lot of meat more protein because Atkins was limited on, you know, as well, but a certain diets now. Atkins was... They had an in- induction program, you know, that you could only eat about at least 20 to 30 grams of carbohydrates and stuff like that. The rest was just protein and meats with seasonings and stuff like that. The ketogenic diet was basically more stricter, you know, because actors you can move into maintenance and moderation, but the keto jack was more stricter, more meat and stuff like that, you know, and uh, but less carbs. You have to stay on it. Limited carbs. Carbs. And now, from what I just heard, and this is something more uh, uh, really fatten out there now, not as much, but it's getting out there is this diet that's called the carnivore diet. Carnivorous. You ever heard the term carnivorous meat eater? Meat eater. You know, animals only eat meats and stuff like that, you know. That's what carnivore diet means. It's just show for carnivorous meat eaters. The carnivore diet. That's the uh, the the fat the phase diet out there now, and then you hear about the lion diet. Now the carnivore diet is the uh, the most extreme, most extreme of the meat diets, and then you have the lion diet, then you have the ketogenic diet, then you have the Atkins diet. You might have I'm just talking about the 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 ones that's well known in that order. You know, Uh so the carnivore diet is you just strictly eating nothing but meat with a lot of times no seasoning. you just eating the meat, you know, cooked meat. Some people eat it raw, but I'm going to get into that too, of cooked meat. meats as in beef, steaks, chicken, lamb, you know, stuff like that. That's basically the category of the carnivore diet. Now, the lion diet, they add more of the other um, meats like goat and sheep and stuff like that. But I think the carnivore is basically, you know, steak, beef, pork, like bacon and, you know, different things like that, blah, blah, blah. They got a—it's more beefy and steaky and stuff like that from what I heard. And lion diet is just every type of meat you can. Carnivore diet even talks about eating organs, animal organs without firing just kind of uh, two a string for me but you know animal organs and stuff like that you know that's the carnivore diet just all everything in the animal including the bones how to make bone broth and stuff like that including the bones all that is good for you according to the carnivore diet very high protein close to no carbs I'm, literally I'm saying it, no carbs you know the lion, the same way. But the lion, you can eat more beets, you know. You can add a few vegetables if you want to. The keto, you can add vegetables. The acus, you can add vegetables and all kind of other, there other stuff they sell. You see what I'm saying? That's Those are the big fads out there now. Why are they so hot now? Not because of the name, but because they are working very well with a lot of people. They have been proven not scale-wise, scientifically, they have not been proven. Why? Because a lot of other doctors and veg that believes in a traditional way don't want to touch it. It's almost like they don't even want to find out. You know, and then you have a group of people. Doctors don't want you to know because they want to keep you sick. If you find out something that's helping you with your weight loss and stuff like that, a lot of the big farming them don't want you to know that. So they're not going to promote no high-protein and meat. Because traditionally, we was told meat eating a lot of meat was bad, it causes us cancer, It caused this. We was conditioned to believe that, so they're going to keep that out there. you know, and then you have the other doctors that got a point. But my point is, these fads that's out there uh, the carnivore and the ketogen- carnivore and the lion diet, which you don't hear much of, uh, and the keto- ketogenic diet are hot are hot diets now. And I think they kind of, I'm going to get to that later. Those are very hot diets. Now, I don't have to go about nobody else's testimony if they work. I tried Atkins before and I tried Keto and I know they work. I know they work. I'm telling you tell you the, pro- the pros with my experience and others, uh, others. but I can just tell you mine. I know those diets work. So, you know, when you're trying to bring out a medicine and stuff like that, in order for it supposedly, supposed to anyway, for it to pass the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, you got to have some type of training or some type of test, a placebo test type of training for them to pass it through humans after animals. It had to be passed and stuff like that, traditionally, you know, for them to pass something to say that is good. But is it fair all the time? Yes, it's fair all the time unless you have an agenda. Unless you have an agenda. Now, if your mind is focused on the dollar, and your mind is focused on, and it's our people out there, believe it or not and big pharma in the health field that want to keep people sick because that's how they make money. Doctors would not make money if people was healthy. Is that so much common sense? Doctors would not make money if people was healthy and they knew how to take care of themselves, like the old days, like the remedies and stuff like that. Doctors would not make no money back then. And uh, uh, Back then a lot of doctors told you about remedies, you know, stuff like that. People done it themselves a lot. But, you know, if doctors, if people was healthy, doctors would not make no money. Big farmer could not make no money. So you got to look at that group of people, first of all. So just imagine the traditional vegetables, proteins, and, and proteins, and uh, vegetables, excuse me, vegetables, grains, and stuff like that. You know, it's the American way of exercise to keep people healthy and out of obesity. It's a traditional way. See, you know, even though America has some of the sickest people, you know, first of all, America cannot. Fire follow a diet like that because they they promote and they got so much other junk out there that's been passed by the FDA cookies, crackers, cakes breads, all that other bad carbohydrate stuff you know, you see what I'm saying all that stuff, I got a list I looked up a list of who's the worst beast, I'm going to do that uh, on my following teaching, it's very interesting, you know I I, I researched this stuff. And uh we have so much other bad stuff out there. You compare uh a bottle of ketchup, compare it to Spain, which last year Spain was rated as the number one healthiest country, Spain. Yep, last year 2023 was rated the number one most healthiest country, Spain. Well anyway, you 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 I done a little comparison and I researched it ingredients I advise you to do that too in ketchups when it comes to ke- American ketchup compared to Spain ketchup and you can see <clears throat> the difference of what they put in it they put less sugar and less a lot of stuff they use more organic real tomatoes in Spain compared to America with the sugars and all the other stuff why because we love taste we stuck on taste not so much nutrition and health we stuck on taste that's America that's why we're so fat and out of weight. Everything is taste, not nutrition. That's why our kids are fat whatever like that. But anyway, <clears throat> when you look at both lists, the majority of people, even though all this bad stuff going on, still going to pick the vegetables over the meat and the meat, because they're not scientists or psychologists. They don't have no proof themselves. They just, and we've just been taught Conditionally, traditionally told that vegetables is what we need to be eating to keep us healthy. You know, and that's just the truth. You know, you can look into, yeah, you can Google or use AI or whatever and tell them what's the best diet to keep you healthy and lose weight. Majority of the time is going to be in that format. Vegetables are going to be in it all the time. It's going to be in there all the time. Grains and exercise and whatever like that. Just the traditional American way. See? Now, you go to other certain countries, theirs is not somewhat like that. Unless you go to other countries and see why some of them are healthy and some of them are smaller, you would be amazed. A lot of times, it doesn't really have nothing to do with uh, vegetables a lot, you know? But anyway... That's what we was told here in America, you know, about our American diet. We was conditioned, traditionally conditioned to do this. Just like a lot of things we was uh, traditionally conditioned to do. We was told that vaccines will keep our kids healthy. Immunization shots will keep our kids healthy we was conditionally traditionally programmed to told that you know through the years but if you go back if you really go back why are our kids still some of the sickest in the world i'm not saying they number 1 but they're some of the sickest in the world so we can understand the conditions of a lot of the africans in the poor countries but we ranking right up there with them and the most powerful and most wealthiest country in the world, but we got some of the most uh, programmed set of systems out here, immunizations, vitamins, uh, eating better guidelines, but we are so obese and unhealthy. Did you ever think about why? And some of the poorest countries are some healthier than Americans and don't even have as much food Organic or process as we do? You ever think about that? Come on, come on, church, you ever think about that? Why our kids are so sick? What's, what's, what's going on? Why some people that even follow that traditional guideline still wind up diabetic, still wind up, you know, uh, with cancer, still wind up with this and everything, eye problems, stroke problems. There's several reasons I can put out there, but you ever think about that? Even some of the healthiest people falling dead or wind up with cancer, and they eat very well. They eat a lot of vegetables and wind up with cancer. They can't blame meat because all they do is eat as vegetables. They drink a lot of water. They don't eat bad junk food at all and still wind up sick. You ever think about that? Probably not, because we traditionally blinded, and they know most of us ain't gonna do no research on that. Because they're right, man. Come on, man. These people, right, man. They the FDA, CDC, man. They know all things. They right, man. We don't know nothing. How could somebody like me, a ninth grade education, no more than them? I don't know more than them. I don't. I'm not saying I don't. It's, it has to do what you want to know not how much you have your own truth not what is truth you you understand what i'm saying i don't care how pretty and fancy it sounds see a truth is truth and lies a lie i don't care how you make it up you know how to use words that you know the majority of people don't know what you're talking about so they say oh they make sense what makes sense you don't even know what they said. You see the manipulation in that. So, when it comes to diets, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go, when it comes to diets, and I'm gonna hit the spiritual side of it to how they line up together. When it comes to diets, this fad about the high protein, predominantly meat diets, uh, the ketose, the ketogenic, and uh, the carnivore diet and the lion and the carnivore diet. lion don't differ with the lion. you can just use seasoning most carnivores don't use seasoning on their meats and i i i man i got that season man i got to have some taste i can't do that i can't do the bland thing man i tried that it worked but i can't do it man I'm, you know i can't do the bland thing now the reason i say i cannot do it now let me let me change that before i contradict myself the reason is hard for me to do it because traditionally we grew up using seasonings for texture and taste. See, if I never knew nothing about seasoning and never knew used seasoning since I was a child, yes I can do it. So I have to I have to see traditions. Traditionally, we, t- we was told to use seasoning for taste, right? Americans love taste. A lot of other countries don't use a lot of seasoning. They might use real organic sauces, but they don't use a lot of seasonings like America do because we like taste. So traditionally, I'm still hung up on taste. Now, I'm saying that's the best thing to do because it's good to eat a lot of stuff without the seasoning because a lot of stuff they have in seasonings. But traditionally, me and you and others, we like taste, so we season our stuff. Some people don't need to the season their stuff. See? You, you see what I'm saying? What's right or wrong when it comes to that? All right. But, okay, it's just that I don't like not having seasoning on my stuff, not because I can't do it. I can, but I don't want to do it because I like taste. So let me correct myself. I want to contradict myself. But that's the hot diet out there. Especially the carnivore diet. You heard the trend about the keto. But you go on YouTube, you type in keto, bam. You type in keto somewhere, carnivore diet, going to sneak up in there. Because that's the hot trend. And many, many doctors are promoting this diet. Many doctors. You got a lot of out of shape doctors that believed in the old traditional grains, vegetables, not a lot of meat, some fish diet, and they fat, not a shape. So you have a lot of diet, a lot of doctors promoting this kind of real doctors now. These not doctors by this certain name, like some people use doctor. No I mean they might be doctor of psychology or something like that or whatever. But these are medical doctors. See and the general, you know, vascular and that type of doctors that's promoting this carnivore diet, big time, big time. You ever heard of Dr. Jordan Peterson? I mean, Professor he's not a doctor, but uh, Professor Jordan Peterson, very intelligent man, be on Joe Rogan quite a bit, you know, promotes the carnivore, you know, he's the one told Joe Rogan to try. Many know who Joe Rogan is, you know, but, uh, the uh he'd been on that diet for what five, six years, him and his whole family doing everywhere. And it stopped a lot of his ailments and eyes and he had gum disease, he said, it, you know, uh, you know, without any uh scientific proof because when someone is against a, a diet, they always talk about there's no scientific data for that. Now he used a word, I can't even remember that word, but he used the word. What's the best proof? when you're trying to prove something to somebody, when it's working in you. That's your data right there. See, I don't need to go to a scientist and tell me it's not working. If it, I'm, I'm, I'm the living proof that a high protein in meat works, you will lose some weight. I'm still uh, in, a, in a battle of the other conditions that can heal. I will find out and I will keep you posted on that. But I have no idea the best way to lose weight. Listen closely. For especially a obese person, is a high protein, low carb diet. That's the best and fastest way to lose weight. There can be a debate on the uh the uh the health conditions, which these diets are proven is working as well. You know, but I want to see that work through me first. But I, I I hear the reviews. You know, but there's no doubt. I don't have to getting no scientists. And pro- I don't even have to take the keto tests or nothing like that. I can see it us. A- I see it now because <clears throat> I've done it several times. And it because I stopped. It wasn't a diet. It's because I didn't stick to it financial reasons or whatever like that. Because you have your pros and cons of any diet. You have your pros and cons. And the next time I come, I'm going to talk about the cons, the pros of a high protein, uh, low carb diet, and these new diets out there. You know, eating a lot of meat has been proven through me as well as others. People have lost over 100 and some pounds or even more, and their health is gotten better according to their testimony. I have no way of proving it, but I know with me on the weight loss side, oh, man, you're going to drop some weight, man. You're going to drop some weight and you feel better. But uh, it's, there's cons about the filling too, and I'm going to get to that too. But for now, I'm going to end it. That, That's the hot diet. So that's the battle going on with the, the, uh, the uh, plant food, they call it vegetable diet, compared to the new trend of the high protein carnivore lion diets, ketogenic diets. See? And I'm going to tell you the difference between to me the two and which one I would recommend. For the the obese, not for somebody just trying to lose five or 10 pounds, you know, but for the really obese, I'm going to tell you, you know, right now that the high protein, low carb diet is the best for the real obese person that's going to work instantly and can be cheaper than all the other diets. Okay. until next time we go get into that. But. Then I'm going to get into the comparison between traditionally believing in diets compared to traditional belief when it comes to Christianity and beliefs in the Word of God or what the Word of God is saying. See, you got to come to a biblical perspective because tradition dominates the majority of where we think and where we talk. And it does, the majority of the time it's not even true. It's just we was conditioned to believe what somebody else said was best for us. Okay, I'm going to get into that. So get your, get your thinking caps on. But for now, salvation, I have no doubt. I will compare salvation to anything and I don't even see it because it's only based on my faith. So I have been conditioned by Christianity. I have been conditioned by Christianity when it comes to denominational church. Okay. Now, I'm being transitioned to rightly dividing the word of God. And by being transitioned to learning how to rightly the word, rightly divide the word of God, I am now being conditioned on my belief of what the Bible is really saying now. And it's a wonderful, beautiful condition that I never felt so much freer and so much weight off me than I have since I have been a saved over 30-something years. And I'm going to get into that too as well. But for you, salvation is today. And the way to be saved, contrary to the traditions of your church that has conditioned you, the way to be saved It's from 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. Now, you will probably never even heard about that verse because traditionally and conditionally, it was never taught to you. Most churches teach Acts 2 and 38 for salvation John 3, 16 and others. So when you never heard of it, it sounds like an occult. It sounds like something different. How could you call something occult that's in the Bible? that's used by one of God's people as an Apostle Paul. In other words, salvation. First Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. Believing by faith that Jesus died, buried, and was rose again for salvation. It's time, believers, to start believing this yourself and teaching unbelievers. Because, These things that I'm talking about for the last few podcasts and today are traditional breakers. I'm trying to break you out of that traditional spiritual type of thinking that's going to destroy the people who you witness to. Because you are assured and set. you're going to lead someone to hell if you don't traditionally teach them the right way about the gospel and salvation. Okay, so you have a chance to start here. On this show, Body of Christ Real Talk, with no spin. It's time to break out of those chains of traditions that conditioned us in our lives, spiritually, morally, physically, financially. It's not going to be easy, but it is doable. For salvation, believe that and you will be saved. God bless you now. Joseph Brownlee, body of Christ, real tall. Bye-bye. Left out, baby. <laughs> Peace out. Love y'all.
0: We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts